Hello, hello. Yes, Brent Gunning back with you on a Sunday. And of course, I have my pal Gord Stellick alongside me. Gordo, we're here for the next hour to get everybody set for, let's be honest, Leafs Lightning, but we're going to look at the other uh, first-round playoffs matchups as well. We said it on Friday night, and we're even closer now. Gordo, the playoffs start tomorrow. There's not many things in life where you relish overtime, right? And uh, this is something, um, the more, the better. Working harder, the better for us. That means the Toronto Maple Leafs go deeper. And uh, yeah, yeah, this is uh, this is exciting. This is real overtime, home ice advantage, real fans in the building. Yes, the Boston Bruins uh, successfully ducking the Leafs on the last night uh, of the regular season. Again, I'm sure they'd tell you otherwise, but it certainly looked like a team that's happy not to be playing the Leafs in the first round. Of course, it is that matchup we've been sitting here staring at for seemingly two months. And for so long, uh, you know, going back years past, it was, okay, Leafs and Bruins are going to play each other. And it's felt like this collision course with the Leafs and Lightning. And, and man, Gord, uh, he, here we finally are. I mean, is there, like, what's your, how's your opinion on on this series kind of evolved it's been funny you know we've had this playoff matchup kind of half set for a month and a half now and we've been staring it down yeah and and again our, our last uh least nation post game was you know we talked about uh boston sitting out so many players and uh and seeming to want to play carolina over the toronto maple Leafs. now in all fairness i, I think the connor mcdavid injury in game number 82 i think that's why like just players yep. all over the league sat out game number 82 it seemed but you know this series okay what is the ner well, nervous i guess i guess if you're a toronto maple leaf fan being in the playoffs it's not a real confident feeling given the recent history but oh my god they draw the two-time stanley cup champions what an unfair first round match Yada yada yada. Well, last two years they drew a pretty good, pretty good match in Columbus and Montreal, and uh, they were the favorite in both series, and and didn't didn't make hay with it. I'm saying, hey, like Nick Nurse said uh, last playoff when the when the Raptors came back a little bit, said, hey, why not us? Why don't we win it? And in this case, you got the home ice advantage. You've got a team that has been through the battles together, huge playoff disappointments. You were a better team during the regular season. Um, why not go out and beat the Tampa Bay Lightning? I, 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 the Lightning have way more playoff experience, playoff success experience than any other team. That's a fact. But for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and you know, we'll talk about a key thing like, say, John Tavares and getting the kind of balance over three lines and two excellent scoring lines and depth on D they didn't have before. And then, of course, goaltending is always a bit of a wild card when you've got Vasilevsky on one side and hopefully, hopefully a comparable Jack Campbell playoff mode on the other side yeah absolutely so let's just get into kind of breaking it down now here uh, a couple of updates first both of them great signs to see obviously the biggest injury this team uh, was kind of dealing with heading into the playoffs was okay what is going on with Michael Bunting you know Matthews he got back he was healthy Marner was fine Muzzin was back in the fold Campbell was back but Michael Bunting you know he's such a part of that first line he is back skating in a contact jersey at practice it's just kind of getting underway so as we see some line rushes uh, we'll We'll update you there, but if he's in a non or sorry, if he is in a regular blue contact jersey, I imagine Bunting is good to go. He's participating with the team at practice today. And then another guy, Andre Kasha. You know, I don't know how easy it's going to be to throw him into the throws of the playoffs after missing more than a month for him. Uh, but he he's been such an important player. So first things first, just a couple of of great pieces of news for the Leafs that they're their final practice here before they get things going. You know, Michael Bunting, it looks like he's going to play. So, Gord, that eliminates a big question for Sheldon Keefe. 
who would you have put up on that left wing spot? But if it looks like Bunting's going to be able to go, they don't have to worry about that. And honestly, I think, again, I don't want to overstate this and make this that Michael Bunting is the straw that stirs the drink. No, but he was he was a really important part of that line. And, you know, other guys didn't have the, accept, uh, the success there that he did. So I think if he's going to be able to go, and again, based off practice, it looks like that'd be the case. Man, what a, uh, what a, what a huge break that is for the Leafs before the series even starts. No, you, you like to get this kind of positive news, and certainly when we look around the league, UC Saros' situation is a real tough one for the Nashville Predators. And, you know, last year we saw John, John Tavares, the horrific-looking injury two years ago was Jake Muzzin uh, in the bubble. The Winnipeg Jets member Shifley and Liney got hurt in the yep. first period of the first playoff game. So, you know, that's going to be something that will happen and you have to deal with and, and move forward. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. So is Bunting out there today have to make up on practicing annoying people too? Because he is that <laughs> kind of good shift disturber that you like to see. So so that's positive news, having him back. And Andre Kasha, you're right. Uh, we kind of had given up the ghost about his return. Um, again, you, you know, you saw with what, what Vegas tried to do with Mark Stone. When a guy's not ready and you're putting him in and you're getting excited, he, yeah. and, but he can't, he can't produce like he normally produces. I'm, I'm using Stone's example. Mm-hmm. in Vegas. So yeah, I don't know how close to being ready or is he is or isn't, but Kasha to me is the, the kind of guy you want in your playoff lineup for sure. Yeah, I think the best the best thing about a guy like Kasha is that you can throw him into the lineup with super limited expectations. Because that third line with Kampf and Engvall and Mikheyev or, you know, Kerfoot's been there and Nylander's been there, but, you know, Camp plus a couple of checking wingers. It's worked out so well. And, you know, for the way that that, that duo, Camp and Kasha, worked earlier on in the season, you'd be saying, you got to get them back together. But that third line's looked great even without him. So now there's a world where you can say, okay, and I... I don't think it'll be for game one. That that seems like quite a return to make, but you know, I, I suppose I could be wrong there. But later on in this series, you can say, okay, Andre Kasha, you're going in to be the different spice on the fourth line. And if you have it that night, maybe we bump you up and you get a couple extra minutes. But he's not coming in to be the savior. He's not coming in to play in your top six if Kasha ends up playing in this series. And it seems like it's trending towards that way or at least being an option. It's just so nice to not really need anything from him. You can just throw him out there and let him be in the mix on the fourth line if you get something from them great you can move on after that and kind of further evaluate things but if it's just a lot to kind of jump on the treadmill at 100 miles an hour which it feels like coming back in the playoffs is if if he's not ready and he can't handle it then you, you have plenty of other options so I think a guy like him is kind of obviously love to just be healthy and ready to roll but it feels like he's in the perfect spot for potentially using a guy like him and and here's a, and by the way my my long-winded opening I am picking the Toronto Maple Leafs in this series to yeah. uh, and and uh, part of is uh, the depth and I remember years ago they had that um, opening corporate golf tournament what have you that I happened to be at Dave Nonis was the general manager well as long that's how long ago it was <laughs> and uh he basically had all like all the players are there so he kind of you know got them all to stand stand up and i forget what the numbers were and he kind of just said see here's the thing we got all these guys this is they're going to be battling for positions you know and quantity didn't mean quality then that that did not work out okay it didn't, didn't matter how many guys you had in that september battling for whatever number of spots yeah here's the big difference as you're chatting about kasha is that 
other playoffs, we'd be talking about, okay, who are you going to play there? Who do you think can fit there? I mean, Nick Robertson, first ever career NHL game was a playoff game for the Leafs yeah. because you're trying to, uh, not nah, Freddie Goche, come on, can we do better than Freddie Goche? And here with Mikheyev and Engvall, and then we'll talk about D later on, but how much they've really improved their game. And you were just chatting earlier, like if Bunting didn't play, who do you play on that line? Because you got so many choices, you know? It's it's not like, you know, you got you to gotta do Joe Thornton a solid and give him some time on the power play and give him decent ice time you know just no no it's just way way different and that's the part I really like about all those particular individuals and if Andre Kasha is healthy enough and can fit that just adds to it yeah and it it does feel like we always talk about it in terms of buy-in but it's just there's nothing promised to anybody on this team I mean you know Matthews Marner they're promised they're 22-ish minutes a night but they're not promised it they go out there and earn it every, every single night you know we think and and we've all talked about this a ton and we were right to hammer him for it but when Jason Spezza got healthy scratched on the first game of of the season when he came back home that was terrible but guess what Jason Spezza can get healthy scratch right now, and he's not hel- he's not happy about it, but given all the options on the team, he has kind of taken it in stride, and I'm not calling for that. I think Spezza's turned it on quite a bit towards the uh, the tail stretch of the season here, but it's just it goes to show that nothing is guaranteed for anybody on this team. You're in constant competition with each other. You're in constant competition. If you're on the fourth line, you're trying to creep into that third. If you're on the third, you're maybe trying to be in competition for that second spot, and, you know, power play is kind of working the same way there with the second unit so internal competition is so important and and this team has it in, in spades you know looking at how we set things up obviously it looks like bunting will be good to go seeing as how he's in a regular jersey and he's skating with the main group at today's practice so obviously you roll your first line out there that you've had all year bunting matthews marner let's not overthink it now beyond that there has been a lot of flux for the next two lines William Nylander and John Tavares have been together for a big, big chunks of the season. They've also been apart for for a, a chunk lately here at the end. Now, Keefe is kind of mused about the idea of potentially Tavares and Nylander together at home and then splitting them up on the road when you can't dictate matchups as much. Do you like the idea of Keefe kind of potentially changing the lines based on home away? Or do you like the idea of, look, get familiarity with your line mates and don't worry so much about, about matchups? Like it. I like it. Two reasons. One, it's that there's a, there's a solid uh, philosophy behind it. It's not being done out of desperation. Uh, and that's exactly the great philosophy about line changes and being able to dictate that. And the other thing is it's something they've tried. Like, as you mentioned, the latter part of the season, uh, he, he split them up and, oh, and that made three lines stronger. So it's worked. It's not like it's something that just didn't work and you shook your head and said, forget it. Uh, so you, you had you had success with it. So uh, I don't whether he does it or not, who knows? Who knows? We've seen that what some line changes that lasted till the second period at times. But uh, but I like that kind of thinking. You know, you've, you've just got all these kind of options. And I think Sheldon Keefe is acknowledging that like uh, everybody as an organization has to wear what happened last season against Montreal and the year before against Columbus, but especially last year, having that lead and blowing it, that they all have to be more adaptable or figure things out or up their game or, you know, a player that normally doesn't get a big goal, get a big goal or make a big play, whatever. And the coaching, as far as, you know, whether it's moving the lines around or whatever you're going to do, have to be uh, open to be more, more creative depending on what the game dictates. 
Well, how how's this for creative? A little breaking news. I mean, I guess it, in theory it's courtesy Sheldon Keith, but it's Luke Fox telling me about it. Uh, at Leafs practice right now, it is Kerfoot, Matthews, and Marner on the top line. So that would mean likely no Michael Bunting. Mikheyev, Tavares, Kasha on your second line. Nylander, Camp, Engvall, Clifford, Blackwell, Simmons. So those are the line rushes at today's practice. Uh, that's as good an indication as I think we're going to get uh, for, for what you'll see in game one. So, I mean, I guess uh, throw away everything I said about Michael Bunting when I saw him in the blue jersey here, although I think he's on track to play at some point in this series. But, yeah, it does look like it'll be Alex Kerfoot starting uh, with Matthews and and Marner in game one. And I got to be honest, I'm a little surprised there, but it just kind of goes to the point I was making about there is no perfect fit outside of Bunting for that group. You know, other guys can work. Matthews and Marner can make it work with plenty of different types of players. But, yeah, it's interesting that it's uh, it looks like it's Kerfoot getting the bump up there. And, again, that's uh, that's courtesy uh, our buddy Luke Fox. Yeah, well, he was sitting courtside with all those guys, wasn't he? So there you That's go. Right. That should have been a sign at the Raptors playoff game. And uh, if people don't listen to us um, enough, well, first of all, shame on you. But shame. the other part is uh, Brent Gunning, um, I've, I've kidded that I believe he's related <laughs> to Michael Bunting because uh, he has been the cheerleader fan club for Michael <laughs> Bunting. And, and actually, you picked a great one to be the cheerleader fan club for. So uh, we can't we kid about that. We don't don't knock you for that. But yeah, you tend to get a little excited when Bunting's name comes up and, and hoping he's healthy. So the good, the good side is he's skating, the, uh, the contact jersey. Although there really isn't a ton of call like him. I mean, you got to really be hurt to be yeah. wear the non-contact jersey. you gotta, <laughs> you got to almost be on the verge of pra- practicing by yourself. They, I mean, they did have one injury, Muzzin and Marner, uh, you know, way back when in December. So, yeah, yeah. it looks like that, that, that'll be the lines. Um, it, it looks like bunting, yeah, not, not a go for tomorrow. Who knows? But Kasia coming gives a flexibility, and you know, about the Tavares line. So now you're, now you're including him. And, and then... The toughness, and, and Nick Kiprios just said that, that, you know, when do you play the Simmons-Clifford card? How do you use it? And he just said, you, you got to have it there the first game, maybe first two, whatever. Maybe all seven, maybe all four, I don't know. But he just feels it's not something to be reactive and then say, okay, okay, this was one that uh, it got out of hand, and next game we're going to dress those guys. No, you want to be there for because it tends to happen early. They feel each other out, and then you start getting down to maybe that becoming a less, of a, less of a factor as the series wears on. A uh, cu- couple things there. Uh, one, ha- I was actually at a uh, family wedding yesterday. Uh, shout out to my sister. Uh, and Michael Bunting wasn't there. So that doesn't okay. mean he's not a cousin, but he wasn't <laughs> that close of one. Uh, okay. So we can confirm that. And then I like what you, I like that point. I actually, I think I was listening to uh, to you and Kipper have that conversation on the wonderful uh, Real Kipper board, of course. And I, I think there's no point in dressing Clifford or Simmons in game two if you didn't like something that happened in game one. If you want to set the tone of the series, and you want it to be physical hockey and you want to be the hammer, not the nail, all those cliches we throw around at this point of year, there is no point in coming out after you get pushed around in game one and saying, all right, our older brothers are here in, in Wayne and Kyle and they're going to really, really stick up for us. No, go out there and stick up for yourself for, from the jump. You know, we all think back to Sherratt, Ragdoll and Matthews last year and him chuckling. I really think it's going to be different. And uh, just to ask Rasmus Dahlin uh, if you think it won't be. And then, you know, in terms of Kyle, I this is a really talented player I think all of us were kind of wanting him to get some more looks in the top six he definitely got them at times I I have to be honest if 
look, this team, of course, knows far more about what Andre Kasha is ready to do and how prepared he is. But man, having not played hockey for over a month to go right into a game one of a Stanley Cup playoff series at home against the back-to-back defending champs, I am not saying he can't do it. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying him playing a top six role is a big ask. And hey, may- maybe he can, but man, that's uh, that's quite the spot to put Kasha in. I think it has to tell you something about how slow play it they be. I mean, it, it seems like maybe there's a world where he could have played against Boston or he could have played against Detroit if he if he's ready to go now potentially for game one yeah could be could be it shows how highly they think of him as well and we did too like we did you know that that was a real necessary ingredient his two-way his two-way play and then you know really not I mean John Tavares is a is a solid two-way player as well but this kind of allows because hey that's the key there's an uh, article on 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 sportsnet.ca and you know, it's I like all well, I like all pretty well all the articles. You mentioned Luke Fox. This isn't by him, but he writes some excellent work on Sportsnet.ca. But just you know, the players that have to come up big in the playoffs. I mean, they they cite Tony D'Angelo, for example, in Carolina. And in a lot of ways, with Dougie Hamilton not there, and mm-hmm. you know all the moves that that's one that. But that's not a big big name. The Leafs is the obvious one, John Tavares. I mean, you know, you I mean, there's there's Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, the star players being the star players, of course. But John Tavares. Goes back so far, no playoff success with the New York Islanders. Uh, you know, by and large, just one series. And, and yeah, that, that just would be that kind of difference maker at this stage in his career. So he's got a, he's got a solid two-way player who's a, a very different look than William Nylander. Not the skilled offensive player, but a solid two-way player uh, on the one flank. Yeah, I do wonder if that, that kind of tells you something about the way Keefe will plan to use that line. Again, they are going to be at home, right? Maybe you're using Tavares, Kasha, and Mikheyev in more of a, you wouldn't call them a shutdown line by any means, but you just want to, you're, you're probably going to give that line some some pretty tough matchups. Obviously, you want to keep Matthews, Marner free as you can from from tough 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 assignments in their own right, and that, not because they can't handle it, but because you want those guys to feast. You want them to get their offense there, uh, and then we all know uh, how, how Camp's line has been used uh, throughout the year. So yeah, some, some really interesting interesting stuff uh, I think it's a good a time as any to pick up on on what you said there about the guys who are who are going to be feeling the pressure this year you know is is it Tavares you think that's that's kind of under the most pressure feeling it the most obviously he didn't come to Toronto to never ever win a playoff series as captain you know there was a big shiny cup he envisioned lifting over his head uh, when they made him the captain of this team and this isn't look all these guys want to win but man I can only imagine how it's kind of wearing on him do you think he's the guy who's kind of feeling the most pressure uh, for for this team this postseason I think it comes down to Matthews Marner being the better the best players that mm-hmm. you know it's funny with Tavares when he signed that July 1st it just we couldn't believe it we couldn't believe it and all summer it was the summer of John Tavares and Kawhi Leonard right and then right. when the then when the season started right off the bat you realize the rock stars were Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner like they were they were the rock stars you know and 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 John Tavares was great but these guys that were developing from within were the god not not the future they were the present and are the present so uh but collectively this team not having the playoff success um it, it goes to the leaders it goes to the leaders they're the front line frontline people uh hopefully it's not something as obvious as goaltending being a difference like it was for pittsburgh last year with tristan jerry jerry i mean like just uh just that that hopefully you know that that's always a bit of a wild card and probably will factor in one or two of the playoff series early on but uh, but otherwise hey you know your, your best and that's why I bring on the best hey nikita kucherov steven stamkos braden point you know victor hedman you know whatever it may be i mean i mean our guys really are should be what the the Tampa Bay Lightning were 
three years ago or two years ago what just lacking the playoff success i mean i i find them i find them really really very very comparable yeah there there's definitely something there and even you know to continue that comparison a little further tampa bay didn't get it done until they got absolutely embarrassed uh getting swept by the columbus blue jackets then you know what they did they said that's not happening ever again uh let's go win back-to-back cup cup champions or cup cup titles and that's exactly what they did and you know you could say the leafs had that with the blue jackets but they really had it last year with the canadians blowing a 3-1 lead you know what's the saying the night is always darkest uh before the dawn so who knows maybe that's it for me i i think it's if it if i have to pin it on one guy who's feeling the most pressure i do think it's marner and it's just because of all the talent that he has it's all the talent that he showed you know I I jotted down some numbers here so in his first 13 playoff games he had 13 points three goals 10 assists in his last two playoffs so this is now eight points in 12 playoff games no goals and maybe the most telling part of that and I think this is going to be a stat you're going to hear so much if this is a player who struggles he has five career playoff goals and hey this is an assist man but he also has five career playoff puck over the glass penalties and though that's just a stat that you're going to hear a thousand times if it's not going well I don't think it's not going to go well I think this is a player who is at the absolute peak of his powers right now in Marner he's playing with the best goal scorer on the planet in Matthews I firmly believe they're going to be great but if there's any one guy I think who is feeling the pressure to truly be great I I really think it's Marner and I don't I don't say he's feeling the pressure like it's weighing on him or it's or it's eating him alive I think I think excellent players thrive off of that but based on the way everything went last year and no goals in the last two playoffs and he's a 34 goal man this year I think that's probably the guy for me who's feeling the most pressure well, and, and Brent, you mentioned those early stats, and this is what always annoyed me last year about, you know, we, we don't want to hear about the process, okay? The, the process was they should have won a playoff round like the last two years anyway, okay? That's the process. And no, Mitch Marner got those points against the Boston Bruins. Mitch Marner in particular had one real kick-ass playoff, like involved blocking yep. the shot, you know, and, you know, all these, I mean, so it's, so, so I get annoyed about that last year going, no, 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 he, he doesn't need to learn. He already excelled in the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs before this. So, you know, just, you know, s- stop this kind of uh, um, rationalizing for the fans. The fans, uh, the fans aren't dumb, okay? The, the fans, fans know what went on before. So the Boston series, again, we go way back, but you look at Mike Babcock limiting their ice time, particularly Austin Matthews' ice time, which Sheldon Keefe won't do. But, you know, you, you just look at those kinds of things that, that were difference makers. So, so I... I I don't like like again. You know, it's funny. Like uh, Kipper talked about that. The uh, you know that that uh, over the over the, um, the puck the over the glass penalty, and you know how much everyone honed in on Mitch about it. And I said, no, I think people are just pissed about the whole play the last three games. Like you know, like you know, you can't you can't go by social media about speaking for everybody. Everybody was just flat out flat out disappointed and underwhelmed what happened by the entire team. At the end, you know, you can pick certain players like Nylander and Spezza or whatever, you know, just yeah. uh, showing up. But yeah, it, it, it's a team thing. and It'll be a team thing uh, if they win. And the other is I'm getting way ahead of myself. But wow. if they it. win this series, Ooh. they've got that proverbial monkey off their back in a big, big way. And wow, all of a sudden you got this kind of, uh, well, no pressure. You're playing with house money right after that. And I think watch out. I really think watch out. If they win this one playoff round, the uh, fans will react like like 
uh, one step down from a Stanley Cup. That's why it's great in Toronto. It's you know there's a there's a different kind of pressure. You you get you get noticed and people aware of you and that. But um, expectations aren't that high. Okay, they aren't that high. Look at the price of tickets. Look at the fan support. Look at everything else for a team that's not won a playoff round since 2004. Okay. Yeah. So if they if, so if they win one, Brent. If they win one, then wow, all bets are off. I'm I'm going to be really intrigued to see what happens. I'm firmly with you there. I think the second they get a sniff of playoff success, look out, and this team could entirely turn into a buzzsaw. And just to hammer home how long it's been since the Leafs won a playoff series, a child who was born as the Leafs were beating Patrick Laleem in the Sens and Joe Newendike was scoring two goals and Chad Kilger was getting one and Brian McCabe got the other in a 4-1 win. If the child was born that day, they'd be a couple weeks away from being able to serve in the Army. They'd be a couple weeks away from being 18 years old, Gord. It's been nearly 18 years. Just please give us that 1-1 series win. And then, like I said, I don't think it will stop at 1. I think it was Jamal Mayer we talked to uh, on on trade deadline day, and he was was a few few people we've talked to saying, yeah, look out. If they win 1, I don't think it's going to stop there. Uh, Switching things over uh, to to the defense, uh, so Riley Labushkin, Muzzin Brody, Giordano, Lilligren, and then Sandine Hall is kind of skating as the extra pair. So all signs point to Justin Hall being out for game one there. Uh, I imagine you're going to see all 70 in this series. I don't think it'll strictly because of injury. I'm sure somebody will get in there based on performance. You need a million D to play well in the playoffs. Uh, Hall drawing the short straw. He's out for game one. It looks like based off line rushes today. Yeah, and uh, I I mean, that's what I would have thought. You know, uh, again, Sandine, a big part of it was being injured. Timothy Lilligren is that student that all, all of a sudden the parent, they had a parent-teacher meeting, and uh, he just seems to have really improved. And teacher He's like the Keith, prized apprentice, yeah. Yeah, yeah, has, has kind of graded him from a C- minus to a B now, and uh, he's moved up on merit. So, you know, that's the one I'm interested to watch in the playoffs, and, and good, on, good on him for doing that. And then Jake Muzzin. You know, coming back at the end of the regular season, uh, um, there was some indifferent play for a f- couple of games. The last few, I think, I thought had been really solid. But you know, he's the one. Um, hopefully, a hundred percent. I it's it's kind of in some ways almost a bonus having him back, given what he's been through this year. And uh, I'm I'm hoping that we see the 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 consistent Jake Muzzin that we know. And especially grew grew to like that different spicy ad since he was acquired by the, from the Los Angeles Kings. Yeah, and it's no accident that it that it's Brody. He he's playing alongside uh, Muzzin. That is this is a guy who just hasn't been right this year. It's not been the year he he's wanted at all. And Brody's kind of been the fixer uh, for for lack of a better term on this blue line. We know he played so well with Riley. And then I know I know there's been some you know point of consternation about Hall instead of Labushkin. Obviously, they're both the right hand shots. And you know Hall and Riley just hasn't worked as a pair. And I really like the way those other pairs fit together. And we know how Muzzin Hall has worked this year. So that that's kind of where uh, I'm at there. No. No real uh, su- surprises there. Obviously, goaltending. Look, uh, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Tampa Bay has the edge here. Andre Vasilevsky or Vasilevsky is incredible. He is as clutch as it gets. He makes all the big stops and all the big moments. But Jack Campbell has certainly looked uh, much closer to the November goalie than the January goalie uh, that we've seen since he's come back. So I'm not. I'm not sitting here telling you the Leafs are going to win the goaltending battle. Man, how long has it been since that happened? That has happened in a series. But I think uh, Jack Campbell should be more than capable of holding his head above water. And, and giving this team a, a chance yeah yeah you know and and last year he, he played fine 
It just was Carey Price was better, but that it wasn't the difference maker. Okay, it wasn't the difference maker. And every other year, uh, Freddie Anderson got out goaltended. He wasn't horrible, but uh, just you know got out goaltended. That was a that was a problem. I always go back. Freddie's best game ended up being a one nothing loss to Columbus, and that was a, a soft goal. His only bad play that game. He was sensational. So, uh, and it's interesting. Freddie Anderson, Peter Morazic. I mean, are there e- even any hints? when either might be back with their respective teams. Like we know UC Saros is out four to six weeks for Nashville. Um, Antti Ranta came back, played the uh, final game, a regular season game for, or second last anyway, one game for Carolina. So looks like he'll get the start. But I, I think Freddie, so I heard someone maybe maybe start skating in a week. I don't know. But it doesn't, you know, in Peter Morazic's case, I, 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 it's not even discussed. But then under Kasha, uh, Kasha all of a sudden reappearing, it just shows they really don't share a lot of stuff when it comes to that. So I don't know if there's a hint that he could possibly be ready at some point. But right now, it, it looks certainly in the first round anyway. Uh, you're talking about a first round with Eric Schalgren as your backup. Yeah, de- that's uh, that's definitely the case. And quite honestly, you know, uh, I, I guess if you needed somebody to play at the absolute high-end level, you'd still say, well, Peter Morazic's an NHL goalie. But Eric Schalgren's done uh, plenty of things since that uh, that beat down in Tampa uh, to make me feel as confident as I could about this, like fourth goalie heading into the year. Uh, he's, he's their backup uh, for, for the first-round series, at least here. And then, man, uh, well, we'll talk about the Hurricanes in a second here. But Freddie Anderson heard at this time of year, and it's unsure when he'll come back. Uh, where, oh, where have we, uh, have we heard this before? All right, Gord, uh, we, we got to do our official series prediction. You, you gave yours off the top. I love it. You want to you give us a number? Leafs in what, Gord? Um, somewhere between four and seven. Okay, I like no, it. I'm gonna I go, love it. <laughs> I'm going to go seven. I'm, I'm going to go memories of 1993, three game sevens. Uh, Leafs won the first two, lost the third to the Los Angeles Kings. So I'm going to go seven. How about that? I want to sit here and say Leafs in six. I really do. But it, there's no way them winning a series is going to be easy. It is going to feel arduous. It's going to feel hard. It's going to feel lost at times. But I think it's going to finally happen Leafs in seven because Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner are two of the best players on the planet right now. And not to say they're going to do it by themselves, but they are finally going to have the playoff together that we've always dreamed of seeing here. So, Gord, I uh, I am with you. Leafs in seven. I uh, I hope we're right. Uh, series gets started tomorrow. Of course, uh, our first game on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. That'll be game two on on Wednesday. So uh, I I, uh, I can't wait to it. Anything else on uh, on this series before we uh, we put a bow on it and then uh, take a look at some predictions? for the other or, or previews of the other series no we uh, i hope people say wow that would be exciting a, a seventh game and a period and then winning it so we can let's bring on some of the other seven series yeah we'll we will take a look at those also uh we haven't talked about it the leafs have a few of these guys old guys without a cup a great tradition at this time i'll also give you an official stanley cup pick before we're done it is the leafs nation playoff preview edition brent gunning and gord stelic here on sportsnet 590 the fan Leafs Nation playoff preview edition on right here on Sportsnet 590. The fan Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick alongside me. Gordo, we did a big, big breakdown of the Leafs. I have one 
final piece of information. It'll shock you. It's about Michael Bunting. Luke Fox updating us. He only practiced for about 25 minutes today. So we can all take that to mean whatever we want. I'm sure head coach Sheldon Keefe will give us exactly as much of an update as he has to and nothing beyond that because, as you mentioned, Gord, at this time of year, good luck figuring out anything about injuries across the league. Obviously, we love talking uh, Leafs here on Leafs Nation, but we're excited for the Stanley Cup playoffs in general. So let's run down all the other series, kind of share our, our thoughts here. Uh, let, let's start with the President's Trophy winners, the Florida Panthers, and the team the Leafs saw not all that long ago, Alex Ovechkin in the Capitals. Ovechkin back practicing, so that is great news for Washington. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on that series, Gord? Boy, Florida and Calgary are the two teams that just have been on a tear, right? The new kids on the block and uh, the ones that – uh, I don't think it's their time to win it all, but you never know. You never know they could. Uh, but just the Florida Panthers, too good. They're going to win that first round. They got like five lines. We're talking about the Leafs' depth earlier. They got like five lines they can roll in the playoffs. Like I mean, five good lines uh, if they wanted to. Of course, Aaron Ekblad, what a huge bonus. Uh when he's able to play, if it's right off the bat or shortly thereafter. So I've just, I mean, they've just been killing it all year. Everything, everything, everything all came together for the Florida Panthers. Um, kind of like the Leafs did a few years ago. Yeah, that's that's exactly you're you're, you're right there. You know, in terms of the Capitals, uh, I'm not going to lie. I would have loved to have seen. A, I would have loved to have seen the Bruins end up in this series some way because I just feel like uh, they've, well, let's be honest, they've made their hay torturing teams that have looked like uh, this Panthers team uh, in the in the past. But, you know, looking at Panthers Capitals, this is the classic team who has done it before. Veteran group have been through the wars a million times versus a team like the Panthers who are trying to find a way, trying to break through. You know, I, I do expect the Panthers to get by. I don't know how much the offense will carry them all the way through the playoffs, but I think it'll be enough uh in that in that first round series uh against the Washington team uh but that'll that'll definitely be a fun one I think I think the real theme here is I mean no bad first round series obviously but man uh when when you're looking at the east uh really really no uh no simple matchups uh I will we'll switch gears now we were just talking about the Hurricanes a little while ago and it is the aforementioned Boston Bruins they end up playing in the first round there obviously the Freddie Anderson injury throws a lot a lot up into the air Auntie Ronta did get back in a game so you like that but man when you're down to one healthy goalie and don't we know that here uh, it can be a little awkward uh, I think Boston's going to push Carolina a lot more than uh, some expect I don't know that they'll get it done but I think that'll be far far from a cup walk uh, or a cupcake for the Hurricanes yeah Carolina's kind of like Boston was three years ago I, I just think they're still a little bit underrated they won the Metropolitan Division they won the Jennings Trophy as the top defensive team I mean that's a, a big big thing to win uh Bruins you, you wondered what was going to be the goaltending situation post Tuka Rask but uh Jeremy Swayman and that and uh and Linus Allmark just been um really really solid of course uh it looked a little bit more dire for Carolina it when both goaltenders were injured uh when you are the top defensive team though if um you know a goaltender um has a has a easier time and that was always I mean Freddie was killing it during the regular season and a big reason why he was playing with a team that stressed the defense or had better defensive capabilities than the Leafs did during his season so I still think you know Bruins uh, Bruins really kind of got it together at, at some point during the season the Jake DeBrus situation working itself out Eric Halla has been a decent uh, replacement for uh, David Krejci you know leaving the team but I, I'm, I'm just really bullish on Carolina so I, I'm big on Carolina in this one this one, Brent. 
Yeah, I feel like if Boston was playing any other team, they'd have a much easier time with it, and it's because the Hurricanes just don't make mistakes. You know, when you look at the other kind of high-end teams in this league and definitely in this conference, you know, you look at the talent the Leafs have, the Lightning have, the Panthers have, the Hurricanes have amazing players, but, you know, they don't necessarily, and I know Sebastian Ajo is an amazing player, but I don't know that we put them up there with with the Matthews and the Marners and the the Hubertos, you know, and it's just they, they seem like they just will never ever beat themselves and it feels like Boston's a team that can make you do that but I don't know that they'll be able to make the Hurricanes do that so yeah I, I ultimately expect uh, Carolina to get by there uh, but I think it'll be a, a, a good push uh, by, by Boston Rangers Penguins I got no clue with this one Gord I, I really don't uh, I, I I can never go against Sidney Crosby but I've been saying that for seemingly 15 years now eventually this has to stop working uh, Penguins back in the playoffs this year and, and Rangers uh, you know obviously great goaltender great Great high-end talent, uh, but uh, we're a little unsure beyond that. Funny, you know, they're they're kind of the sexy, fun team, the Rangers about. And again, you mentioned that if you have the best goaltender in the league, you think, you know, that should mean playoff success. But that, you know, that wasn't the case for the Jets with Connor Hellebuck, for example. It's worked pretty well with Vasilevsky in Tampa Bay. But Pittsburgh, you mentioned when you Sidney Crosby, and this may be the last year that gangs together. And mm-hmm. uh, I, uh, they've impressed me from day one. Uh, and Crosby was hurt for part of it. Malkin was hurt for a big chunk of it. And I think there's one more kick at it. You know, Brian Burke, our our friend of the station, the show, and former media colleague when he got hired as president of the Penguins, um, he asked the question about, are we looking at a rebuild here or what? And he said, nope, they want another parade. That's what they're told. They want another parade. And I'm I'm gonna I'm not gonna give them a parade, but I'm I'm gonna pick I'm going to pick them in this series. Yeah, I, uh, I I can easily see that being the case, right? If Shosturkin is magic, well, that's probably going to be a wrap. But if he's anything less than that, uh, do not do not count out uh, Crosby and Co. And and let's not let's not not include Mike Sullivan in that mix. You know, we talk about a lot about great great coaches in this league, and man, he is uh, he is piecemealed together a lot. I know it doesn't seem like that when you have Crosby and Malkin, but uh, he, he has done a great job of uh, stitching things together. Uh, potentially the best team in, in the league. We'll switch over uh, to to the West now. Uh, you you mentioned the inter- the the injury to sorrow is just just going to crater uh, any chances for the Preds there. I didn't think they had many to begin with, uh, so losing your goalie not going to help you. Avalanche and Predators uh, first round series in the West. Yeah, this uh, this to me would be the hugest upset if Nashville were to win it. They're they're just happy to be in the playoffs. A lot of positives. I mean, they got their first forty goal score in franchise history. They had two of them. Uh, you know, in Forsberg and Duchesne, they've never, you know, they've always had great defensemen drafted, never up front. So there's a lot of positives to look at the Nashville Predators. But yeah, Colorado was the team, you know, feeling to me the most pressure about winning a Stanley Cup. Uh, it was the Washington Capitals. And of course, they they got rid of that back when a lot of teams, a lot of people had kind of given up on them winning the Stanley Cup. So Colorado um, cannot have another disappointment, disappointing exit this season. And I think they really, you know, they really have all systems going. They only have a certain period of time that they could keep everybody together with McKinnon's contract co- coming up and, you know, McCarr and, and Landeskog and all that, the big the big money they've had to fit in and bigger money that they're looking ahead. Same with Nazem Kadri. So I just think uh, uh, they also all, all si- systems go all cylinders firing right now for Colorado. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, we, we love doing Leaf comparables here, and that that's as good a one. All the talent in the world and uh, and not not a ton to show for it. And much like the Leafs, uh, the clock is ticking in terms of if you can keep all those pieces together. And, yeah, you know, uh, I, I'm not going to sit here and say I want anyone other than the Leafs to win the Cup. Uh, but Nazem Kadri and the Avalanche uh, wouldn't make me all that upset. Of course, uh, a lot of people still, uh, still pulling for Nas here. Uh, this, for my opinion, maybe the best first-round series. Wild Blues. I I don't know which way to take it. Two really evenly matched teams that, you know, albeit outside of Kaprizov, I don't know how sexy either of them are. But man, uh, much like I was saying about the Hurricanes, just two teams that will not beat themselves. We know the the Blues know how to get hot. Uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to watching that. I feel like that'll be a heavy, heavy series. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And they're two of the teams that can play two goaltenders. Now that Billy Husso's with Jordan yeah. Bennington, of course, Talbot and Marc-Andre Fleury in, in Minnesota. Uh, I am, I'm taking the Blues. I'm taking the Blues. Just, man, they've, re- they've really, really been on a tear finishing the season. And just, you know, they have that team that won a Stanley Cup. So so many of those players are there. It's a big-time team concept. And, you know, guys like Jordan Cairo and that from three years ago have uh, emerged and evolved to that next level. I know when we talked about the uh, – the Leafs and Tampa Bay, like how much is does it factor in Tampa Bay having so many players with Stanley Cup rings? And, uh, you know, that did a bit, but I'm opt- as I said, I picked the Leafs. I'm more optimistic about their chances against Tampa Bay compared to Minnesota's chances against St. Louis. I'm, I'm very, very bullish on the St. Louis Blues. I am. Uh, I'm big on them as well, uh, Gord. Very, very much so. Uh, switching gears uh, back to uh, Canada here. Hey, look at that. Another Canadian team in the playoffs. Uh, Flames and Stars. Calgary, one of the hottest teams uh, in the world. I don't know, going back for the last two months, basically, they've been on an absolute tear. Obviously, Sutter's doing great things there. Goudreau's having a career year. Kachuk really finding his game. Toffoli was a great ad. Uh, I am not very high uh, on the Stars. I, I think the Flames uh, should take care of business here. And, you know, of course, uh, part of that for me as well is the goaltending there. Markstrom was such a great pickup for them uh, a couple seasons ago. Boy, and you got uh, uh, Dallas made the final two years ago. You forget that. They made the the final. Uh, Yeah, they've had a lot of adversity about uh, COVID things and, and weather things and uh, but I still, I just, it's, I, I'm, I'm bullish, my overused term on Dallas, because they, they had that new line, Pavelski and Robertson, that are, are Rupe Hints emerging. So, you know, Ben and uh, Sagan, uh, the, the big paid players are, are kind of on a second line. So they got some more depth and balance that way. But nobody, depth and balance, that's the Calgary Flames. Like, you, you keep looking, oh, Elias Lindholm gets all those goals. These guys get all those goals. Andrew Mangiapane gets all these goals. Like so, uh, the the Calgary Flames and uh, and by the way, a very quiet big hire, Kirk Muller as their associate coach. Like that was really smart by Daryl Sutter because they really don't have a big relationship together. But just get a different kind of personality in there than Daryl Sutter. He's a guy who has had head coaching experience, Muller at the NHL at the AHL level, and just a real real good fit in handling the players. So there are just a lot of things the Calgary Flames did right. Well, and that's got to be such an important hire with a guy like Sutter. Like, I know sometimes it can be overblown, and it's not like he's a bully and doesn't talk to these guys, but, you know, he is not Mr. Put His Arm Around You from everything we know about Sutter. So kind of finding another guy who is a different style of communicator, uh, that that's a great catch by you. And obviously uh, it's helped the Flames. And, yeah, you mentioned Lindholm there. I definitely knew he was having the year he had, but I remember late in the year you're watching the Flames. 40 goals, okay, yeah. You know, I thought I thought 30 and 65 points. Uh, no, 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 uh, he's... He's having a big, big year there. Obviously, uh, Goudreau and Kachuk getting a, a ton of the headlines, but uh, a lot of people pulling on the rope there uh, in Calgary. And last one, 
the other uh, Canadian team. The last Canadian team left in the playoffs here. Oilers and Kings, Connor McDavid and co. Uh, again, another one of these teams. Yes, I know they won a series about a couple years ago. They're still looking for their big, big breakthrough. When you have the guy who everyone considers uh, the best player on the planet or at least the standard bearer for it, uh, they haven't had the playoff success they'd expect. I don't know if it happens this year. It's still a, a thin team, quite frankly, to me. Uh, the Kings, they're, they're kind of retooling on the fly. You're, you've got the carcass of the group that won the Cups all those years ago uh, with some young pieces uh, joining them there. So uh, I, I think that's going to be an interesting series. I, I'd like to think McDavid is enough, but I don't know if he is. Boy, I don't know which – because, you know, you want to pick one or two upsets along the way when you're picking them. And I, the Kings without Drew Doughty, see, that's a killer. That's so a killer. Tough. If they had that stud D – then I, I probably would pick them because I, I'm not sold on Edmonton. I'm not sold on Edmonton. So, uh, and uh, so I, let's say I will pick the guy. I'm not going to pick them right yet, but I'm, it's going to be a lot closer series than people think. I really like what Luke Robitaille and Rob Blake have, have done. Todd McClellan, a very underrated head coach of the, uh, of the Los Angeles Kings and, you know, maybe some motivation there playing yeah, his old team, the Edmonton Oilers as well. So uh, I think this one is not going to, a lot of people seem to believe that's the best matchup going for a team taking on the LA Kings. I don't share that sentiment. No, I, uh, I I agree. I think, uh, you know, obviously obviously the Predators are the most ripe for picking in that conference, just given what's happened with the goaltending situation there. But I uh, I don't look at the Kings uh, that, that way at all. And I, I you mentioned Todd McClellan. I have to get this in. Uh, the head coach of one of my favorite hockey teams of all time, the North American Young Guns at the World Cup of Hockey. And I loved it, but hopefully we never see that team again because just let countries play in the, uh, in the World Cup of Hockey. Uh, one thing I wanted to get to, Gord, before we uh, finished up here, it's always fun watching the guys who have played so, so long in this league chasing cup ring, trying to get it done, trying to lift Lord Stanley's mug. So I wanted to run down uh, a few of the old guys without a cup here. Obviously, the, the oldest guy without a cup. Uh, without a cup he would break the record that's held by phil housley for the most ever games without hoisting it that is joe thornton of course the panthers uh panthers have a couple of those guys uh him and claude Giroux. uh stars have a pair and pavelski and Suter. uh and then there's you know some guys who don't have quite the uh the pedigree there but just guys who stick out to me andrew cogliano with the avs of course you know i feel like he should have had a crack at the iron man streak before the suspension took that away uh and then uh mike smith 40 years old uh still still chasing that ring over 600 games played of course, uh, he's with the Oilers there. And then the Leafs have a few of those guys, uh, Giordano, Simmons, and Spezza. So, Gord, I mean, we all want it to be Gio, Simmons, and Spezza. We want them to be the old guys who, uh, who get their cup. But uh, any of those other guys uh, make a, a great story for you? Well, I, first of all, I'm totally agreeing with your sentiment about the uh, three in Toronto. That would be wonderful. Uh, I, I well, Mike Smith, if he's going to win it, he'll probably be hosting the the hosting the Conn Smythe Trophy as well. <laughs> I know they have point. Connor yeah. McDavid and Drysaddle, but they're going to need phenomenal goaltending uh, in Edmonton to to get the distance. And and this is where you know you just Florida Panthers like Joe Thornton, one more kick at it. Uh, I really hope he doesn't play beyond this season. Like I, I found I found Patrick Marlowe's last year just to get that record. It kind of, I, mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm just, it's not my cup of thing. And then Claude Giroux. And Claude Giroux has been killing it. He's been scoring at a hundred point pace with the Panthers, mostly assists. But you know they're obviously the ones that jump out. Uh, Suter's interesting that uh, the Minnesota Wild lacked that playoff success, which ultimately made that shocking, shocking buyout. Not Zach Parise. It was not shocking. Ryan Suter and the cap hit that's going to come back and kick the wild in the next couple of years based on those buyouts. So that that's an interest. If Dallas is going to pull the upset, you know, him along with Heiskin and that being the stud D on Dallas. 
Yeah, and then, of course, uh, Pavelski there. And it's funny, right? Uh, you mentioned Marlowe. You mentioned Thornton. You mentioned Pavelski. And what's the through line of all those guys, uh, those Shark teams that were all so long, uh, you know, not even bridesmaids. Bridesmaids once making it to the cup final. Uh, but uh, but definitely not, uh, not even getting there all the time. So amazing playoff success for all those San Jose teams. But ultimately, ultimately, nothing to show for it. And I think that's as fitting a note to end on as, hey, Austin Matthews Leafs, you don't want to be those guys. You don't want to be the guys we're talking about forever as great teams and great regular seasons. You got to start ripping off playoff wins or playoff round wins uh, in order to get in that conversation. So tomorrow, as good a time as any to get going. And as I mentioned, yes, Giordano, Simmons, and Spezza. Gord, we got a couple minutes left here. I don't know if you want to give an official cup pick. I know I know you gave, uh, I know you gave uh, Leafs in seven, but do you have an official cup pick for us, Gord? And by the way, shout out to our Austin, Austin Mackey. We yeah. Made very, we made him very happy by picking the Leafs uh, over the Tampa Bay Lightning. Okay, I'm going to hedge it. I'm going to, I'm going to say if the Leafs beat Tampa Bay, I'm going to pick the Leafs. Okay? And yeah. It's in the morning. Um, my pick is boring Colorado at the start. Okay? I know... I know you're supposed to pick someone all the way through, but that is basically my hedge. If the Leafs get through Tampa Bay, I'm going to flip it. How about that? I'm you? with you. I will take the Leafs if they get through Tampa Bay, and then I will get. The, and then I will take the Blues as my little bit of a dark horse bet. I really, really like them this year. Uh, let's hope it's not Leafs Blues. But if it's Leafs Blues are in the Cup final, playoffs get going tomorrow. Brent Gunning and Gord Stellick will be here with you. Post game pods all the way. It's been Leafs Nation right here on Sportsnet 590 The Fan.